welcome to Be Ready, where we are preparing our hearts and our minds for the return of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus. Over this past year, we've been talking about leaving the boat, leaving behind whatever it is that Jesus is asking us to leave behind so that we can follow him fully and truly. We talked about what it meant in the first century to be a student, to be someone that learned from a rabbi, and how they didn't just try to acquire the knowledge that the rabbi had. Their goal was to become like their teacher, like their master, in every way. And so that in our lives, our goal is to become like Jesus in every way, not just having the knowledge, but living out like he lives, living how he lives. Then we talked about the importance of listening to him and obeying what he says. And then the context of scripture, because scripture is one of the key ways that we learn about God, not just about him, learn who he is and what he's like and what he expects of us. And so knowing the context of scripture, whether historical, literary, um, cultural, there's many different parts to the context knowing that those things and how the original audience understood what they were reading, how that uh, helps us to understand what God's saying to us today. And then most recently, we looked at the life of Peter and how he followed Christ. And then along the way, he he made some, some mistakes and he, he sinned in a very severe way, most notably when he denied Christ. And yet, despite the blunders he made, Jesus forgave him and restored him and used him powerfully in the book of Acts. So today we're going to look at 1 Peter, one of the books that Peter wrote to the church. And we're going to be, if you'd like to turn with me, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is a wonderful passage that talks about the salvation that we have in Christ. Let's start with looking here at the first couple of verses, verses 1 and 2. 
Peter is writing to those who are elect exiles, the Jews that have been dispersed into different, that are living in different Roman provinces that he names here. And that word elect means to be chosen. God's choosing them for a special service to him. And that word has been used of the Hebrews in the Old Testament, and now it's used uh, here of the Christians in the New Testament. It says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. God foreknew who would believe in him. It says in Romans that those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. So he foreknew those who would believe in him. Even from the foundation of the world, from the beginning of time, he knew and predestined us, knowing ahead of time who would believe in his Son. In the sanctification of the Spirit. Sanctification, that word comes from the word to be holy. And let's look at it a little more closely. By the way, that definition I just gave you on being chosen or elect, that was from the Strong's Concordance. And so now this one is from Zodiatus, if I'm saying it correctly. From this reference, he has a definition here for for this sanctification, holiness, separation unto God. Not just that, but it includes the activity of the Holy Spirit in setting man apart unto salvation and transferring him into the ranks of the redeemed, also to enabling him to be holy even as God is holy. So the Holy Spirit is the one who sets us apart and gives us the power to live that set-apart lifestyle of staying away from sin in the world and living as set apart and devoted to Christ for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. That sprinkling with his blood is a very important, special concept that we're just going to look at here by turning back to Hebrews chapter 9, just a few pages back. In, in Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 18, it talks about the importance of the blood under the Old Covenant, what that looked like. And that helps us understand the importance for it, for us as we are sprinkled with the blood of Christ. So it says, Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood is so precious. It's way better than any bulls or goats or lambs of the Old Testament. His blood cleanses us, purifies us, from all sin, not just the sins like the the goats would over past sins, it's for all the sins that would ever be committed he sacrificed himself for and gave his shed his blood for. How precious is his blood that sprinkles us and makes us clean. And then it says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Because of what Jesus has done, we get to enjoy that favor, that grace of God. And we have peace with God, no longer at enmity, but 
reconciled and at peace with God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That word, mercy, is very special. It's the equivalent of the Old Testament word for covenant loyalty, for covenant love. That mercy that God gave his people because he had made a covenant with Abraham. And that covenant, in that covenant with Abraham, that the, the people of Israel enjoyed, well, excuse me, after the covenant of Abraham, he made the covenant with Abraham, and then after the covenant with Abraham, there was a covenant at Sinai with Moses. And then the, the, the Sinai covenant had blessing and curses. So if they would follow the law, then they would be blessed if they kept their part of the covenant. If they would not keep the law and do their own thing and sin, and then they would have curses. That was the old covenant. And so God would would deal with his people according to if they held up their part of the covenant or not. But now, for us in Christ, we have such a great blessing because Jesus, Jesus is the one who upholds the covenant, who keeps the part of the covenant that we could never keep. He perfectly kept the law. He perfectly lived the life that none of us could ever live. And so because of that, we get to enjoy the benefits of being in Christ as though we've kept everything. Even though we've sinned, he's washed it away and given us the same inheritance that he has. And we're going to get to that in a minute here. But that great mercy is a special word. It's that covenant love, covenant loyalty that we get to enjoy because Jesus has kept the part of the covenant that we could never keep. And so now in this new covenant, we get to enjoy all that Christ, all that is Christ's. He's caused us to be born again, that spiritually reborn, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was brought from the dead. He was made, he was brought to life by the Spirit. And so us, spiritually, we have been brought to life as well, spiritually, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. It's God's power that guards us for that salvation that will be that will come to us in the last time. And notice how we're being guarded through faith. And of course, even the faith that we've been given has been given us to by God. The faith that we have, excuse me, has been given us to by God. Because here in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God has given to each one a measure of faith. To each believer. We have faith in the Lord that he is guarding us. He guards us and keeps us until that day when our salvation will come. So our salvation is in the future. We look forward to the culmination of our salvation when Christ returns. And yet it is ongoing. Because over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God. 
So that's in the present continuous. We are being saved. Paul says to work work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We cooperate with the Lord as he has his ongoing work in us and our souls being saved. We are saved and yet we are being saved and we will be saved. If you have any other questions about that, feel free to to email me or message me somehow in that way. I'd be glad to answer or talk to you more about that. Our salvation past, present, past when we first believed, and then present and the future. Verse 6 now. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When we go through these trials that test our faith, it can actually strengthen our faith. And this gives us confidence because we can see that our faith is genuine. The faith that God has given us within us is genuine and that those trials show that it is. It proves that it is genuine. And if for some reason it would not be genuine, that would show someone that they need to truly be born again by the Spirit and not depend on themselves. They have not truly been born by the Spirit of God. So we can be thankful for the trials that we go through. Maybe not thank God for the bad things necessarily, but thankful that he allows them to happen so that our faith can be shown to be true. And then that when he comes back someday, at his revelation, it says it's in a, he's going to get the praise and the glory and the honor for all that. And of course, he, deser- he deserves all of it. He deserves, he's the author of our salvation. He's the one that brought us from death to life. Then verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We need this so much these days, don't we? With the way the world is going on and things around us in the news, we may not see Christ physically right now, but we have a love for him because he first loved us. And we also have this faith, this belief in him. And we get to rejoice in that we get to rejoice in him. We get to rejoice in his grace. Because we know what the outcome is going to be. We know him himself, really. It's really him that gives us joy. It's his presence. It's his, it's his grace that is the source of our joy. I remember looking up the word for rejoicing. And it basically means to be glad in grace. To be glad about grace, that his grace is what makes us glad. That's our source of joy, is, is what he get, the grace that he gives us. And let's always remember, at the, at the bottom of it all, it's him himself. Do we not see him, you love him. It's him that's going to make heaven so wonderful. It's his presence. And the beautiful thing is that we get to enjoy his presence here on earth walking with him even before eternity, before the other side of of this life. If you're listening to this for the first time and for somehow you just stumbled upon this podcast and you don't know the 
saving grace of Jesus Christ. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be saved from from fear and from sin, from hell. He wants you to have the hope of heaven and have, have the peace of knowing him today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's as simple as admitting that you've done wrong, you've fallen short of his glory. He loves you so much. It says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then believing that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for us, that he took the penalty for our sin, for your sin personally, not just generally for as a nice idea for everyone, but that he did it for you. If you believe in your heart, excuse me, it says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then from there, it's an ongoing walk with him. It's a commitment, like when you get married, you commit yourself to that person. You you say yes to following him and no to the world, to sin, to the, to the things that are sinful, because you don't belong to him. So if you have any questions about that, please message me on my email. My email should be in the text underneath this podcast. Uh, button that you clicked on earlier. So glad that you all are here and joining me. Lord bless you. May you walk in his grace. May you experience his His love in new ways than you have before. And enjoy walking with him. <laughs>